This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. All right, full disclosure, this is the second time we did this. Uh, Devin and I kind of did this last minute. We're supposed to record yesterday. Uh, things got out of, uh, you know, beyond our control. We couldn't do it. So um, today we're doing it real quick. Last minute, uh, Devin and I were talking, having a personal conversation. And I said, you know, let's start this thing. Let's let's get it going. And about three fights in, I realized I had not recorded anything what we just said. Luckily, it was only three fights in and we don't have to do the whole fucking thing over again. Devin, welcome to the podcast again. I know this might be not organic because we've already been talking for about 20 minutes, but uh, excuse me for the hiccup. We are officially recording. I can I can mark that down. And uh, let's get into these fights, okay? Let's not waste any longer. So first fight of the night, Sabina Mazzo, who is a minus 130. She is fighting Shannon Dotson, who's a plus 100. Devin, being the former champ, or current champ, excuse me, 3-0, I'll let you pick first. I think I already know who you got in this fight, but go ahead and break it down for me. <laughs> so I, I like your intro music, man. It's great. Thank you. Um, I, we just do it all over again. <laughs> yeah, again. Just keep listening. Uh, um, so I'm gonna go Sabina Mazo. Um, she, like I said, she's she's definitely technically more sound. I would say um, she has good striking, really good striking. She has some KO finishes. She's a former LFA champ. I really think she's just gonna put it all together and keep it at range. Um, like you said, Dobson came off of the Ultimate Fighter. Um, and I, she definitely has fought some good opponents and she's probably a little more powerful, but I just think, uh, Mazo is going to be a little more technically sound and keep it at range, use her striking, use her kicking. She does have good Muay Thai experience and the head kicks, if the head kicks there, she might take it. She might take, she it. Might take it. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you, obviously we broke down this fight out. Like I said, um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I know no one else heard it, but I mean, we both heard it. Shannon Dobson, I thought she, she fought the stiffer competition, whether she won or lost. I feel like she's been in there. Has a decision loss to Lauren Murphy, who looked great last time out. Hasn't fought in a while, so the inactivity bothers me. Sabina Mazo, great stand-up, uh, a little more technically sound. I think Dobson has more power. I think that's going to separate in this fight. I think she might be able to hurt Mazo a little bit. Um, and like I said, this is a bowl of spaghetti fight, throw spaghetti against the wall, whatever sticks. I'm going to go with uh, Dobson because she's the underdog, so we'll get the underdog money there. And then we'll go to the next fight. Uh, next fight is... Uh, Brandon Davis, who's 10 and 6, he's a plus 160 un- or underdog, excuse me, against Kyungong Kang, who's a minus 200 favorite. Uh, this is a fight that uh, we, we broke down. I realized it uh, to the people looking at home. I think Brandon Davis is going to win. He's my underdog pick. Um, I think that's good money on Brandon Davis. I think he has better boxing. I like that he's going down to 135. I usually don't promote weight cutting. 145, a little too small. Zabib kind of manhandled him. He's running 20 miles a day to get to 135, which I think is absolutely insane. But you got to trust the guy's cardio. I saw him fight in Atlanta. He looked good against Randy Costa. I think his boxing is really crisp. Kang's been fighting UFC for like since 2013. No one knows this guy's name. He hasn't really done anything. Doesn't have a super impressive win on his record. More of a grappler base. More of a guy that's going to pin you against a cage. Wear on you. Grind on you. Um, a little worrisome on the ground because Brandon Davis has been submitted before. But I like Brandon Davis as the underdog pick. Devin? I think he's probably the most live dog on this card, man. I'm going to pick Brandon Davis, too. Um, he's de- he's definitely really, really good. He's got good power. He's got good boxing. Um, the only small hole in his game might be his ground game. But then again, you know, he has been fighting at 145. So usually when you're the smaller opponent, when it comes to when it comes to grappling at all, the smaller opponent, if you got two guys with the same skill level, usually the smaller guy is just going to be the one that's going to be outgunned just, you know, because he's a smaller guy. Right. Um, so... When it does come to grappling, that that type of stuff does play a factor. Um, and 
he he's he's he looks good. Like you said, he's running twenty miles a day. He's he's gonna have that cardio. Not to, he doesn't just run twenty miles a day either. This guy is running twenty miles a day in training camp on top of all the other shit right. he's doing. And if you follow him on Instagram, he's all like he's just freaking mountain biking. The guy's super fucking active, and he looks he just, I don't even know how, where he's gonna cut weight from because if you look at him, he's just you know he's. Yeah, he's shredded up. He's shredded yeah, up. He's, yeah, he's cut up. He's yeah, cut up. he's not bricked up. He, no, he's definitely yeah. cut up. Um, he lost his last fight to Sabit to Sabit um via Suluab stretch. I believe the submission was like a knee bar. Um, he, I just think he's gonna take this fight, and I think at one thirty five, he he's he he could be, you know, he could he could beat some people at one thirty five. I don't think he is gonna, you know, dent the top five anytime soon, but he could be within that top ten pretty soon. He's I think he's got what it takes. Yeah, Brandon Davis is is, is you're, you put it correctly. He is a live dog. I'm surprised by that line. I think it's going to move a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just more of a matchup base. Brandon uh, Davis hasn't matched up well with Kenton's style of fighting, but I think Brandon is uh, is a cleaner boxer. I think it's over. All right, next up, you got Hannah Cyphers, who is excuse me nine and three. She's a minus two seventy five favorite fighting Jody Escobar. Who is six and five? Mrs. Jardine. She's dating Keith Jardine forever. She's a plus two thirty underdog. Devin, you lead the dance here. Who you got? Mrs. Dean of Mean. That's right, Keith Jardine. Um, right? God, I grew up watching that guy fight. Uh, anyway, um, I'm gonna go with Jody though. I really, I really do think you know she's 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 shorter. She's stocky. She's got really good power. She fights with a lot of pressure. She has good submission defense. She really, really loves pressuring against the cage. She she loves to utilize the clinch. She's got good dirty boxing, good elbows, um, and she uses all those in transition between looking for takedowns. And you know, women fighters that have power, I feel like you know, in, in any women's MMA, the women that have a little bit more power just always seem to do a little bit more. Just seem to do a little bit better, and I really think that she's going to take this. Yeah, that's a good underdog pick. You get a you get a little cash there, trying to make cash for the people. Um, Hannah, you know, I'm I'm going to go with Hannah Cyphers. I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm picking Hannah. I don't like the number next to her name. I don't like how big of a favorite she is. I think that's a little high. I think she is um, a talented girl. I think she's big. I think she's strong. Um, she has an ugly loss against Macy Barber, who's kind of the future of that division. Has a winner last time out. Um, who did she beat last time out? Let's see. Um, computer crapping out here. She beat uh, Pauline Vajana last time out, which is nothing to shake a stick at because Pauline is losing everybody. Jody hasn't won a fight. I feel like in three years, I only know her cause she's Keith Redding's lady. Um, she trains a good camp. She's talented. She's big. She's strong, but I think she wears out after round one. I think she'll slow down. This is a make or break for her. It's also kind of a destiny fight. I think 12 years ago, UFC 76, Keith Jardine beat, uh, Chuck Liddell in this arena that she's fighting in. So, you know, that's kind of a, you know, if you believe in symbolism or whatever, that kind of, the stars are aligned for Jody. Um, big underdog, big points. I, I, I agree with the decision for Devin to take it. I just think Hannah might be a little too much. I think she's a little more well-rounded, a little bit younger, a little hungrier to get a win as well. I mean, Jody hasn't won in a while, but I think Hannah could can get this one done. I, I don't predict a finish, but it's going to be a decision win. All right, next up. You got Manny Bermudez, who's 14 and 0. He's a minus 140 favorite. He's fighting Casey Kenny, who's 12, 1 and 1. He's a plus 120 underdog. Um, Devin, I saw who you picked on this fight already. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but I'm going to go with Manny Bermudez. <clears throat> I think this kid is special. Uh, they both agreed to catch weight at 140. Not sure which one was having the weight issue. I think it was Manny, but they agreed for a catch weight at 140, so no one's fined or whatever like that. 
Manny is sick on the ground. I think he's insane. I think his stand-up has looked really good. Casey Kenny surprised me. He came out and beat Ray Borg. He outgrappled Ray Borg. Ray Borg, not known for submissions, but known for in scrambles. So Casey Kenny's really good grappler, really good scrambler. Um, decent number next to his name. I don't hate the underdog pick there. But I just, I'm really high in Manny Bermudez. I think he's going to get it done. I think he'll get another submission. Not sure if it'll be by triangle, but I think you're going to get maybe a choke or, or rear naked choke in there for Manny Bermudez. I think he's going to win this one with inside the distance as well. Who you got? Who you got? I think I know. But who you got? Yeah, you, I got to give you a chance to win too, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, seriously, though, um, I think Casey Kenny may be able to take this fight. Um, he was an underdog against Ray Borg. He took that. He won that one. Um, he showed really good wrestling. He has really good scrambles, like you said. Um, he he does put it together. He has pretty good striking. Um, Manny Bermudez is undefeated. Casey Kenny is 12-1. I can't say Kenny. With, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to South Park. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't, you know, I I can't. This is the one fight I couldn't really decide on. This is, is a hard pick. Um when I pick fights, I don't really like, I don't really love to look at favorites, like yeah. what the numbers are next to it. And the reason being is because it's not like it's a group of handicappers or, or MMA analysts that are coming together and creating some type of algorithm to figure out the odds of these fights. They're literally just based on people betting money right? and who's putting money in on it. And, you know, it could be guys like me or you that are, educated in this or it could be you know some drunk dude in vegas putting ten thousand dollars you know so you don't really the the odds definitely do say things but they don't always mean what they say um and i just think that um casey kenny could take this fight um and I, I need underdog picks, so I'm going to go with him. There you go, casey kenny the underdog cashing out for you it's not a bad pick i i just think casey kenny's gonna Think his grappling's better. He might try to stand up. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember how well his stand up was. I just know he he really wore out Ray Borg. Um, he might try to do the stand up and, and and avoid ground altogether. I know Bermudez isn't going to take Casey Kenny down. So, I you know it's going to be interesting. It's an interesting fight. All right, next up you got Jacar Close. That uh, sounds like a cologne. Jacar Noir. He has ten one and one. Right. Yep. He's fighting this guy. I cannot pronounce his name. Christos Giorgos, who has seventeen and seven. Uh, excuse me. Um, uh, close is a minus one seventy five favorite, and Giogos is a plus one forty five underdog. Devin, who do you like, buddy? I like Christos Giagos. Um, another underdog. I yeah. think. I think he's. I think he can take this. I think he can take this fight. Um, he's fought good opponents. He hasn't just because he's fought them. He hasn't won, but that doesn't always mean you know. It's it's experience. You don't always have to win your fight to learn something from it. And when you lose, you normally learn more. Um, he has fought, he has fought Josh Emmett. He had Josh Emmett hurt in their fight. Um, he has fought Charles Oliveira. He's fought Gilbert Burns. He's lost to all three of those guys, but he's fought those guys. Right. Um, he's got really good power. He's got good power. He's got good wrestling. He's got, he's, he's got a really good blast double. Um, he mixes the striking, striking with the wrestling. He does leave his chin out a little bit when he does come forward with strikes. And sometimes he can have his feet, he, he can have his feet in the wrong place as he's moving forward and striking. Um, that's what I noticed when I was watching tape with him, but he's definitely a super scrappy guy. He's always looking for a finish, whether it be via ground and pound or he's attacking for a submission, or he's going to try to finish you on the feet. He's, he's trying to finish fights. Um, so it this is going to make for a good fight and maybe not all the casual fans know who these guys are, right? 
but you're going to know. And he's put on this card for a reason. People, right. you know, he, he's he's going to show out like this guy does come and show out. And I, I like him. I think I think he's a good underdog. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been picking fights for almost a year now, keeping track of them. I've picked against Christos every single time. I just, I don't know what it is. I, I think he will lose. He was a heavy favorite one fight. I go with the underdog. He wins. You know, it, I can never get it right. And I'm going to keep with that tradition. I'm going to pick your car. And I'll tell you why. Because, uh, you know, I'm going to get it right one of these times. I'm stubborn. I'm going to be like, you know what? No, I'm not giving up. I'm going to get it fucking right. Uh, but you're right. Christoph is a guy who is an incredible wrestler, good grappler, good conditioning, guy has a chin on him, can take punishment, is hittable. Close did not look great in his last fight against Bobby Green. I thought he lost that fight, actually. I had Bobby Green as the underdog, so I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little biased there. But uh, Close is a guy that a lot of people like. A lot of people are talking about him. He tra- trains out of Michigan. Good motor on him. Okay wrestling. Nothing great. More, more stand-up, more power. But he doesn't really separate himself from anybody just yet. I was a little curious of why everyone talked about him before he came to the UFC. I mean, he does have some power, but he's not... He's not blowing me away whenever I watch him fight. With that being said, I think he can maybe stop uh, Christo's takedowns and, and land some shots. I think his shots are going to matter more than, than a couple of uh, Christos' last opponents. I think if, you know, because Christos is hittable, I think the shots are going to add up over time. Maybe a third-round stoppage. I think Christos maybe slow down a little bit with the grappling. That's what I'm hoping for. But again, I agree with the underdog pick. I just, out of my own principle, out of my own morals, I couldn't do it. I couldn't freaking do it okay next up we got one of the fights i'm really looking forward to i'm putting this on maybe my top three i mean this card so fucking stacked hafiel sunsal who's 27 and 27 and 6 he's a plus one uh, 160 underdog he's fighting Corey sanhagen who's 11 and 1 and uh who, who picked first here is this me or you Devin? sorry i'm already lost track i think it's you me okay so it, I'm, I'm high on Corey Sanhagen. Um, I said on the podcast, I think last week, week, uh, whenever it was, my brain's mush. Um, if he wins this fight, he, he's one of my guys. Uh, I've tried to get him on the podcast several times. I've exchanged DM and DMs with him several times. It has not worked out. Um, but with that being said, I, I really like Corey in this fight. Um, I'm picking Corey. I don't like the number next to his name. I'll be the first to admit. Rafael Sensau is the upper, lesh- up, upper echelon of this division. He's coming off an ugly loss to Marais. But other than that, he beats everybody. Like, he is really, really good. Um, Sanhagen's tall, lanky for the vision. He's a good striker. I'm worried about Rafael mixing things up, and he's a good striker as well, and taking this fight to the ground, catching a back, catching an arm. Sanhagen has been in some close spots before, almost got submitted. Um, I don't know how he didn't break his arm, but he didn't break his arm, got out of it. Um, his last fight was against John Lineker, which was a split decision win, which I think is kind of bullshit. I think Sanhagen won all three rounds, which is a good name on his list. He's very confident right now. He thinks he's he should be in the top 10. He thinks he should be in the top five, excuse me. Should be fighting for the title by the end of the year. I love this kid's game. I love the camp he comes from. I don't love the number. I'm not going to bet this fight. I might throw it in a parlay, but I don't like minus 200 next to his name. A two-to-one favor. It's a little steep for me, but... There's a lot riding online for Corey and Sahagin because not only do you get a win in the UFC, not only do you get a win against one of the top 135ers in the history of the UFC and WEC, but you get to be on the exclusive list of MMA takes my guys. And that just means I support you undoubtedly. I mean, Conor McGregor punched an old guy in the face the other day. I'm not saying a word about it, right? Okay, because he's my guy. All right, I'm going to defend him. Um, but anyway, I'm going Sanhagen in this fight. Who you got, Corey? Uh, who you got, Devin? Corey. Devin. I think our list of guys are pretty similar. The only one that we might differ on is going to be McGregor, man. That guy is 
I can't. I can't. I, if, I, can't. I, can't, I can't stand behind him anymore, no, man. No, it's he, tough. It's hard. He's not going to fight again. I argued with my buddy. My buddies who know nothing about MMA DM me, or not DM me, messaged me in the group message. like, what's up with Connor? I saw the video <laughs> and I go, dude, he just, he threw a drink in his face. I was like, he poured whiskey. The, the guy didn't want it. The old guy was like, I don't want your piss whiskey. And he threw a drink in his face. And then the new video came out where it's just the punch and it's a clear punch. And my only response was, well, the only thing that bothers me about this, and I'm obviously joking here, is he didn't knock the guy out. If you can't knock an old guy out on a bar stool, you're not knocking anybody else out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't even knock him over. That's what, wor- that's what worries me. That's what worries <laughs> me. But he's my guy, though. He's my guy. It was bad. It was bad. He should, he's got to get his shit together. He does. Anyway, more, more importantly is UFC 241. That's right. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna pick uh, Rafael Sunsau for this fight. I really think, um, pick, and another one. Um, oh. I really think that him being a two to one underdog is almost a little bit disrespectful. People are super, yeah. super high on Corey Sanhagen. People are super high, and for and there's you know good reason to be. He's really, really good, but I feel like he may be getting rushed along too fast, and one of these guys is gonna catch him and hurt him Havala Sunso might not be that guy but if he does beat him then he's going to be you know potentially fighting like a Marlon Marais after that and that you know that that might not be good for him that might derail the train that might derail the train pretty quick um and if you if you really look at who who they both fought I mean you you can't deny Havala Sunso like he's just he's so technically sound he's all like you said the, the upper echelon of the division perfect way to put it He's been fighting these guys since 2011 that are in, like, he's, he's, he's been fighting for way longer than 2011, but yeah. since like 2011, he's been fighting real deal guys. And he's, I'm pretty sure he even has a fight with Mosvidal, not in the UFC, but I'm pretty sure he actually has a fight with Jorge Mosvidal. Um, he's beat TJ Dillashaw. He's beat Pedro Munoz. He's beat, he's beat Rob Font. He's beat Aljo. He's beat Marlon Marias. Um, now what will probably happen is Rafael will probably beat him this time around. And then in two years they'll rematch, and then Corey Sandhang will beat him in the rematch. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's. I mean you're, you're probably right. <laughs> but um, realistically, um, I just think that you know, on paper, if you MMA math isn't supposed to work, but if you do MMA math, Rafael Sunsau should win this fight, and especially him being a two to one underdog, he's another live dog on this card. Yeah. Um, he's another live dog. That's why I'm going with him. Yeah. If if Corey wasn't going to be, he's on the brink of being my guy, I would probably bet a Sun Sal. I would because I think he is a really good underdog. He's ranked number four. Sandhanger's ranked number nine. I mean, the, the records don't even compare. It's unbelievable who a Sun Sal has fought and beaten in his, in his career. Um, I just think Corey is, I think he's that good. I think he's, um, it, it's, well, he's going to answer a lot of questions because I've jumped the gun before. I, I, I've fully admitted I jumped the gun on Darren Till. Darren Till has been a huge underdog or a huge favorite in a lot of these fights. And you might be right. They could be pushing Sanhagen a little bit too quickly here. But I think it's an interesting matchup. It's a matchup he wanted. He's been calling for the top guys forever. So he gets it. So we'll see what he uh, see what he deal- does with it. All right, next up, you got Devontae Smith, who's 10-1. and one. He's a minus 1,000 favorite. He's fighting Carmen Karma Kama Worthy, who's 14-6. and six. He is a plus 685 as of 20 minutes ago. I'm sure that is going up. Um, Devin, I think you pick first, right? Yeah, Devin, you pick first on this fight. So 
the, you know, props to Kama Worthy for taking this fight. I think he took it on like two weeks' notice. So, regardless of the outcome, props to him, and I hope he's getting paid for it. Um, not saying that he's going to get absolutely obliterated, but, you know, when you take a fight like this on two weeks' notice, you're just cutting weight for two weeks. You know, I don't know if he was in another training camp and something happened to his other opponent, so he jumped on this. I don't know if he's, I mean, he's, he's, he wants a UFC to opportunity. He's taking this fight. Um, Devontae Smith is a very, very highly, highly, highly touted prospect. Um, he's got vicious, vicious finishes. Um, he should finish this fight. He should finish this fight by TKO or KO. He's he's just he's good, man. He's really really good. Yep. He's got he's got a pretty good record. Um, he's I I just think he's gonna put it together and finish him. Yeah. Uh, I mean it's tough. Dev, uh, Devontae Smith is <clears throat> guy coming off the contender series knockout. I think all his wins have been knockout. He's super impressive with his hands. He's powerful. He's slick. He's confident. He's got a good personality. I think he has a future to be a good star in the UFC. Um, his last time out, I believe he said his Instagram wasn't working, but go follow me when I get it up. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. That's bonkers. Uh, Worthy is a guy who I, I actually did some research on because I was interested. He is a striker. He's not as powerful as uh, Devontae Smith, but he's pretty slick on the stand-up. He's pretty good. He's the number one ranked guy, in uh, lightweight guy in, 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 uh, in Pennsylvania. So he's got that going for him. Decent record. Um, looked at some of the names that he has fought. And, you know, he's got some losses by by knockout. Kyle Nelson knocked him out. He fought in the UFC. He's not all that great. Matt Bissonnette knocked him out. Not that great. Pillar Quarantino was on a contender series loss. He got TKO'd by him as well. So a lot of his losses are ugly. He's got a Paul Felder loss uh, all by knockout. So the guy's chin is, is questionable. But he's a do or die guy. He's, he's 50-50. He's like, I'm going to get my strikes off. You get your strikes off. We'll see who who comes out on top. He gets away with it against not high level guys. Devontae Smith is going to be a high level guy. This is this is a this is a guy who's on the up and up. I hate the number. I mean plus 1000, I mean minus 1000. This is MMA Crazy. so anything can happen. I would not be too upset if someone threw 50 bucks on Worthy cuz again they're both strikers, they're both going to slang and bang. Um, it really matters who's going to fall down first. My money's going to be on Smith is going to make Worthy fall down, he's going to knock him out in brutal fashion. Think will be exciting. I believe they moved this fight up in the card because uh, Devontae Smith's original opponent, which was uh, let me look that up real quick, who backed out. Um, Devontae Smith was by Clay Collard. Collard had some health issues. Collard is not more; he's more of a well-rounded guy as a stand-up. So they moved this up because they know this is going to be fucking fireworks. They put this um, right there on the uh, on the ESPN prelims, and it's going to be. A banger. All right, next up, you got uh, Derek Brunson, who's 19-7, and seven, who is a minus, uh, excuse me, a plus 120 uh, underdog. He's fighting Ian Heinish, who is 13-1. He is a minus 150 favorite. Um, I believe I go first. Um, this is a tough fight. This is the second toughest fight to pick on the card, in my opinion. I've been back and forth. I visited. it. I didn't train. I saw it. Derek Brunson trains out of uh, or has his own gym like in a mall in Wilmington, North Carolina is very is very funny, but uh pictures of him everywhere. He's kind of the you know Wilmington guy down there. Um I believe he went to hard knocks for this camp, so he, he's switching up a little bit. I can never get a read on Derek Brunson, right? Derek Brunson's a good wrestler, powerful guy, good striker, but nerves play a factor in his fight. Like he fought Adesanya Nervous. Not that it would have mattered, but he fought Adesanya Nervous, got TKO'd. Ina Heinish is 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 a fucking grinder. I wouldn't say he's a better wrestler. I wouldn't say he's a better striker. I wouldn't say he has more power, more submissions, but his cardio's through the roof. He trains at a good camp as well. He he's gonna keep the pressure. He's gonna keep the pace. He is impressed me every time he's fought. Uh, and I've and I've betted against him a few times because he has been a, a slight favorite in some of these fights. 
Oh, with that being said, I'm going to take Ian Heinish. I'm going to take the slight favorite over Derek Brunson. I just think he's going to have more of a motor. I think he's going to wear Derek Brunson out. I don't think Derek Brunson's punches are going to be as effective as you want them to be. I think the grappling, I think it's going to be an even first round. Ian Heinish kind of take over this cardio, get some takedowns. Derek Brunson isn't great off his back and kind of went out of decision here. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to agree with you. Even though Derek Brunson has definitely fought the better opponents, um, he he trades wins and losses his whole career. He's really traded wins and losses. Um, he goes, he gets knocked out by freaking Jacare. And then he, and then like the year before that, he knocks out Leo Machi. Like he, it's the guys it's up and down and up and down. But like you said, I really think nerves do play a factor in his fights. Adesanya, you could tell he was just nervous in that fight. Um, I I'm high on Adesanya, but I feel I, I don't want, I won't talk about Adesanya now, but, um, yeah. I really, I really think that Heinish has what it takes to, to win it, to win and finish this, maybe not finish this fight, but definitely win this fight. Like you said, Ian Heinish is a really, really major grinder and he wants this shit. If you ever heard Ian Heinish's story, the guy was a drug smuggler. He freaking spent time in prison overseas. He's like, he really, really wants this. He goes to schools. He talks to kids. This is something that this is a dream for him. He really, really wants this. And, his last two opponents were like super, super, super great BJJ black belts. Um, shoe face. He freaking was able to fight off shoe faces, crazy submissions. Um, he's, he's just a grinder. Ian Heinish is a grinder. Yeah. He, he can wrestle, he can grapple, he can strike. And this, like this guy, if you're not, if you're not finishing Ian Heinish, he only has one loss, but if you're not going to finish him, it, it's going to be hard to outgrind him. This is yeah. a definite middleweight fight. Right. Just, you know, talent reasons. This is a definite middleweight fight. Um, I'm going to go with Ian Heinish. I just think he can outgrind Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson, if if you pressure him and you can get into his head, you can definitely you can definitely make him fold. And I, I just feel like maybe he'll take his back. Definitely, probably put some ground and pound in there. But he, I think he'll just outgrind him. Yeah, yeah. Derek, there's some positive money in Derek Brunson. I, I was actually expecting this line to be a little bit gappier. Ian Heinish is just his story is incredible. He's not going to quit in there. Uh, Derek Brunson has power, but he's wild. So I don't know if that's really going to translate to here. I mean, he might catch Ian Heinish or nothing, but I, I, I don't see it. I see the cardio and just the machine that Ian Heinish is to really take over this fight. I think we both got this one right. All right, next up, you got my, one another another potential my guy, Sadiq Yusuf, who's 9-1. and one. He's a minus 265 favorite. He is fighting Gabriel Benitez, who's 21-6. and six. He is a plus 205 underdog. Devin, you lead the dance. Who you got, buddy? Man, I'm high on Sadiq. He's he's so good. He's he's one of these new age fighters that's a- actually fights MMA with great striking defense. He's he's really good and he's got power. He's got good striking defense. He's a finisher. He tries to finish fights. There's a reason why he's so high up on this card. Um, if you guys don't know who he is, you will know who he is. And his opponent, um, I think that they're kind of just giving him a feeder, which sucks because his opponent does have good talent. Um, but I, I'm gonna go with Sadiq. I just think his striking is is so is so above and beyond for for what just for for the state that he's in. I just I think that he's even better than he's even better than people think he is, and people yeah. think he's great. He's highly touted. Um, yeah. I, I I don't know if he's gonna finish this fight. Um, but he's he's just good. I'm high on him. I think he's gonna take this. Yeah, Benitez is, is an interesting guy. He won the contender series. Fought a guy that I was high on. Mike Davis on the contender series. He was like a plus 400 underdog or something. 
put it to Mike Davis, won a, a decision. Um, Mike Davis has since fought in the UFC and has lost, but um, he, he's a really talented guy. Sadiq blew me away in that fight, and obviously I've been following his UFC career since then. He's looked good in every single one of his fights. Same Rice fight his last time out. I think he, he was a little hesitant. Um, I think he should have unleashed a little more. He's very defensive, and I, and I like that. I appreciate that, but there was... There were some spots where he could have maybe finished that fight, and he dropped him at the end of the third round, but uh, Sadiq has some serious power. I think he's a young kid. He trains with James Vick, I believe, in Maryland. Um, so, you know, I don't know if I love that camp for him personally, but, I mean, if that's where he's from, that's where he's from. But I, I like to see him maybe open up just a little bit more because I think his hands are dangerous. He's very defensive-minded, which I like. Benitez is more of like a grappler guy. He's strong. He's big. He's going to kind of make this ugly a little bit. He's not like a, a world-class boxer, kickboxer, Muay Thai guy. Um, but Sadiq is is got a – this might be a feeder fight. They're, they're putting him on the main card. They're kind of pushing him a little bit. This Nigerian um, thing that's going on right now with all these Nigerian and, and African fighters coming over is is fantastic, and Sadiq is 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 what the top of the thing, and just the, the same rules apply with Sanhagen in this fight. If Sadiq wins, he's one of my guys. So there's a lot of pressure on him. I'm sure he knows that. I'm sure he's he's heard me say it or seen me tweet about it. But I'm going with Sadiq Yusuf big in here. I think he's going to impress. Next up. Sure. This is a fight that I know you're looking forward to. Joel Romero. Joel Romero, 13-3. and <clears throat> He is a minus 140 favorite. He is fighting Paulo Costa, who is 12-0. He is a plus 115 favorite. Underdog, excuse me. Um, do I lead? Do I lead on this one? Yes. Okay. Um, I know you're a Miami guy. You love your Miami fighters. Joel is obviously Cuban, but he, he represents Miami well. Impressive guy. This fight has been made several times, and it's fallen apart. Whether Yoel being hurt or Yoel on the uh, he was on um, a reality show for a while, Costa having some weird test results, which said it was like a stomach thing or whatever. I don't know. Both these guys, you're never going to see more muscle and ripped up dudes in the octagon ever. These guys are fucking shredded. I can see why they've been holding out and putting this fight together. Costa's getting very confident. Costa just said on the uh, press day that after he beat Yoel, he wants to fly to uh, Melbourne, what, sit cage side for that fight. And uh, then he'll take on both Whitaker and Adesanya the same night. Now, I know that's bravado. That's that, that's what you're going to say. Um, Yoel's so good, though, right? Yoel is so explosive. He's so talented. He's, I mean, a little older, but, I mean, that doesn't really affect him. I think he's at least got one win over Robert Whitaker. I know those two fights were wars. I think he's got at least one. I think he took one of those fights. He's a beast. He's good everywhere. Um, this is the fight where I would love to see his wrestling really implemented. I think his wrestling is probably the best in, in the UFC, at least, uh, statistically, if you add up I mean, he's an Olympic gold medalist, he's, you know, he's beating the best of the best. Um, I know he's explosive. I know he's a good striker. I know he, he kind of, uh, lays back on the cage, bites his time and explodes. That's like kind of what he does. Super, super talented guy. But if, if he has to win this fight, I think he's going to, he's going to mix everything up, but I think he needs to really, really wrestle Costa. Paulo hasn't really been grappled yet. I mean, he's a big, beefy guy. I'm sure he's he's Brazilian. I know he knows it's coming. Dana White sending videos out of him hitting mitts and how fucking devastating he is. Um, he, he's a talented guy, right? Is he ready for Yo Romero? I don't know. Is he ready for a title shot? I don't know. He's only 12-0. Hasn't been the most active guy in the world. A lot of accusations getting thrown his way. I'm not really sure who he trains with in Brazil. I'm not sure who he's training partners with. Um, but I know you're going to ride with Yoel. And I like underdogs, so I'm picking Costa. at a little slight underdog here. Not sure how he gets it done. I mean, the only way I think he gets it, he won't win a decision. He's not going to submit y'all. The only way he gets it done is by knockout. I don't know if that's going to happen. But, Devin, who you got? So, 
I'm gonna go for starters. I'm just gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with Yoel. Yeah, Yoel is one of my favorite fighters. I love this guy. Um, Soldier of God, Cuban Missile Crisis, Cuban Muscle Crisis, whatever you want to call him. Um, he's he's he is the shit. Like he's just really good. Like you said, I definitely think he beat Robert Whitaker that second fight. He dropped him like four times. Um, he's also just fought the better opponents. He's got the wrestling. He's always got that in his back pocket, and he 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 will strike. He will strike. The thing with Yoel is he only throws, I think it's like three or four, three or four significant strikes per minute compared to Paulo Costa's throwing like 8.64 or some fucking outrageous number. He's like a, he's like a Vitor 2.0 well 1.0 because he hasn't beat the people that Vitor has beaten. But he, I just feel like, like who's his best win? Uriah Hall. Right. Um, and he, and he got caught in that fight. He did. Yoel, like, Yoel, like you said, Yoel fights in bursts. But if you also think you'll, I think Yoel's last like three or four fights have all been five round fights. Right. So when he fights in burst, he's, I believe he's very smart because he's just saving his energy. He's saving his energy. He knows he can go out and fight you at 70% for 70% of the fight and then go a hundred percent, 30% of the fight and finish you when he goes at that hundred percent. Now in a three round fight, that 70% might get turned up to 85% or even 90%. And I think that he can, I think that he can just finish him. Whether he wrestles, whether he wrestles, he's got so, Yoel's got so much power. Paul Acosta probably does have the faster hands, but I think Yoel just has the edge and power that Yoel might have an edge and a little bit more dynamic striking. Like you said, if he puts his wrestling, if he even just striking, I think Yoel can beat him, but that is Paul Acosta's best chance to win is to catch Yoel Romero. Um, Yoel Romero might have been in a little bit of trouble against Tim Kennedy, um, but that was also when he was trying to figure out his cardio thing. I really think if Yoel uses his wrestling and uses his striking and just strings it all together, I really think he can win this. Um, even if he doesn't win by knockout, um, a lot of people are thinking he's going to win by A lot of people are predicting predicting a knockout period for this fight. Um, I'm going to go with Yoel, though. I just really think if he puts his wrestling in there, I, I'm just I'm high on Yoel. I've always been high on him. I think he should go to 205 and fight fight heavyweight. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, both these guys are well built. It's I mean you can see why they matched up. I mean you can see why they're matched up. Um, <clears throat> I went opposite just because I know you're going to pick Yoel. I don't know what's going to happen. I I mean if someone gives me a guess tomorrow, I'm going to say Yoel. Someone gives me a guess to ask me two hours later, I might say Costa. I really don't know what's going to happen. Yoel obviously has fought more, the better competition. Pa- Paulo does not have a good win yet. All his wins are by finish, which is pretty crazy. I mean, he's obviously a good puncher, but you're right. He got caught by Uriah Hall in that fight. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts to this fight. All right, next up, co-main event time. You got Nathan. He wants to go by Nathan Diaz now. 1911, he's a minus, or excuse me, a plus 110. Underdog, he's fighting Anthony Pettis, who's 22 and 8. He's a minus 130 favorite. Devin, you lead. Who do you like in the co-main event? The people's main event. People's main event. I'm pretty sure um, if you look numerically, if you look numerically, I'm pretty sure as far as clicks on YouTube and wherever these pre-fight shows are being taken place, I'm pretty sure Diaz has got the most clicks, um, even even over DC and Stipe. Yeah, he's moving the Um, needle for sure. I'm surprised that he's actually an underdog on this fight. Um, I'm I'm really surprised he's an underdog because a lot of people are high on Diaz. um, And everyone that I talk to tells me that Diaz is going to win. Um, I, I'm, I know who your pick is. I think Pettis is going to take this fight. Um, the only problem with Pettis is he can crumble under pressure. 
but a lot of people are using his Tony Ferguson fight as an example, but nobody's mentioning that he rocked Tony Ferguson, had him doing backwards somersaults across the cage and broke his hand when he hit him and couldn't fight back after that. And yeah, a lot of people do fight with broken hands, blah, blah, blah. But Pettis relies on his right hand hands broken. He can't use his, he can't utilize his most important weapon. You know, he's, he's not the same. It's, he, it's funny now as he's gone further into his career, what he's making his bread and butter. And it's almost Tyrone Woodley esque where he loves to fire the right hand off the cage. He gets pressured against the cage. He fires the right hand fucking rocks people. Look what he did. Wonder boy. He was getting chewed up in that fight, but there was tactics. He used tactics. And if he could take that punishment from wonder boy and, and still get that finish, I, I really think that I really think that this is a hard fight for Diaz. This is also a very winnable fight for Diaz because Diaz has what makes Pettis break. But I just think Pettis has more power. He's more dynamic. Um, Diaz is probably probably has a faster hands and can probably put hand combinations together better. But as far as like Nate Diaz's weakness is kicking, Pettis's strong point is kicking. Neither one of them really attack with their jujitsu unless they're on their back. Both of them have very active guards, but neither one of them are attacking or like going for takedowns and attacking head and arm chokes from top. Like ne- neither one of them are attacking with submissions. Both of them use their striking to set up their submissions or will be on their back and attack off their back. And I just think that Pettis does have what it takes to finish his fight. Pettis is at 170. He's looking ripped. Um, and I, I, I think the power is there for him. I think he's just going to leg kick the shit out of Nate Diaz. If you look at his fight, if you look at some Nate Diaz fights, he's been susceptible to leg kicks. Look what happened with Dos, with Dos Anjos. I, I just think Pettis is going to take this. I think he's going to leg kick the shit out of him for the first round and a half and then try to put some hands in there after and might not finish Diaz because not many people finish Diaz. But I, I just think I think that Pettis has what it takes to ground at a decision and just beat the shit out of Nate Diaz's legs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been flip-flopping back and forth. Um, you know, the biggest weakness Nate Diaz has is obviously the kicks, right? He's been knocked out uh, by Josh Thompson with a head kick or not really knocked out, TKO'd, whatever. He's been kicked a lot by Rafael Sanos and lost that fight as well as guys like chewed up. Connor in their second fight used leg kicks to really slow him down and, and work the hands so the kicks are an issue. Nate is is is, is a, a boxer, right? He brought in Kit Cope for his Muay Thai, which I don't know if I love that. I don't know. If, I didn't see Joe Sealing with him. Joe Sealing's usually with the Diaz brothers, but I think he's with Cowboy now. So they brought in Kit Cope, um, who, again, is a Muay Thai champion, former MTV star, whatever the fuck. Uh, lost to Kenny Florian, first fight I ever batted on, no big deal. Um, anyway, uh, Nate has better boxing. And the, the fights I keep going back to with Pettis, and I know Pettis is in a different mindset, I love him at 170. I hated him. I think I even said I hated him at 170. I love him at 170. He came in. He's in shape. Um, he didn't look great against Thompson until the very end. But, you know, he, he's saying, like, that's kind of what I had to do against Stephen Thompson. Knocked him out. Beautiful shot. Um, Anthony's going to get a little wild here. I think Anthony's going to really throw some stuff out because Nate's going to be right in front of him. He's going to throw some crazy kicks, body kicks, leg kicks, head kicks. I see him on the open workout working like a cartwheel kick thing. He's working spinning back fist. He's he's doing stuff to keep Nate off guard because Nate, the Diaz brothers, they don't respond well to that. You know, they're they're straightforward. They keep their front leg out, heavy on the front leg, and they use their boxing. That's that's their bread and butter. Um, the first round's gonna be rough for Nate Diaz. I don't expect Nate Diaz to win that first round. It's gonna be a little rough. 
Second round, I think he's going to work some body shots in. I think he's going to slow down Pettis a little bit. I think some of the jabs are going to get through. He's going to bust Pettis up. And I think the third round, he's going to take over. I don't know if he's going to stop him. I think it's going to be hard for Nate Diaz to win a decision here. I really do. He doesn't do well on the judges' scorecards. He loses a lot of decisions. He comes out and says, I want all my rematches because I didn't lose to those guys. I feel like he's going to kind of say this if he loses a decision again unless he gets put out. Um, For some reason, though, I like Nate Diaz in this fight. I'm going to go with the underdog. I'm going to go with Nate, uh, slight underdog. I like his pressure. I keep going back to the Max Holloway fight. Max Holloway, long guy. Anthony Pettis looked really good in that first round. Second round, Max kind of took over. Third round, Max took over. Eventually, TKO'd Anthony Pettis just warm out with body shots. Now, that was Anthony Pettis cutting down to 145. That's a little bit different. He's fully rehydrated. I think he had to cut like half a pound or even that. He weighed 169 today. So... There's a lot of questions being, you know, I'm more, I'm on Nate Diaz because I initially said I wanted Diaz. That was my initial gut reaction. I've kind of flip-flopped back and forth. I'm going to stick with my initial gut reaction. I'm going to go with Nate Diaz. He's a slight underdog as well. If Nate was a bigger favorite, I might think otherwise. But being the slight underdog, I like it. But I'm really looking forward to this fight. It's going to be an interesting fight. All right, main event time. The toughest fight on the card to pick, in my opinion. I don't know who's going to fucking win. So you got Daniel Cormier, who's 22-1. He's a minus 140 favorite. He's fighting Stipe Miocic, who's 18 and 3. He's a plus 110 underdog. I think I lead the dance here. Um, since the beginning of this rematch, since it was happening, I said I was going to pick Stipe. I said I think Stipe can win a rematch, right? They both weighed in today super light. Stipe's never weighed that light before. He was 12 pounds lighter than their last fight. He weighed 230. DC was like 15 to 20 pounds lighter than their first fight. Both these guys are in shape. And I noticed that. Um, on the embeddeds, Daniel Cormier shook his hand, and I noticed like Stipe looking pretty big. Cut to Daniel Cormier in his hotel room, going, "Stipe looked big. His hands look strong." Stipe taking this very seriously. I don't know if he took the other fight as seriously. I'm sure he did, but you know, Daniel Cormier is very unassuming. He's a pudgy dude that went to 205 because heavyweight wasn't his natural weight, even though he's undefeated at heavyweight. He's fought some of the best guys in the world at heavyweight, and he's got some serious power. Cutting the 205, and you know, and, and he's obviously had good results. Today. He's one of the greatest fighters of all time. Stipe boxing, I think, is 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 going to be the issue here. Uh, he overthrew his punches last time, right? He couldn't really hit. Uh, he couldn't really hit um, DC all that often. His punches were a little labored. He overshot his punches. DC throws his head side to side. He doesn't have to worry about a head kick in this fight. So. Stipe is going to have to really sure up his punches and keep him short, right? Not every punch needs to be a knockout punch. He needs to take his time. I don't want to see him stalk as much. DC's really good coming forward. I want to see Stipe circle. I want to see some leg kicks. I know that's kind of crazy against Daniel Cormier because he can catch your leg, take you down. Um, I think Daniel Cormier is going to wrestle a lot in this fight as well. I think he's going to wrestle more than the last time. First round, I think it's going to look like a lot like the last fight. It's going to be feeling out. They're going to be jabbing. They're going to be moving. They're going to be touching a little bit. Stipe gets gets touched up a lot. You know, he, he was bleeding the last time. I think he'll bleed again. Both their cardios are through the roof just by their weight. Um, like I said, I've been on Stipe. But Daniel Cormier, I've underestimated him before. I picked against him last time. Um, I think he's one of the greatest of all time. I truly do. I think he, he could really win this fight anywhere it goes. I think if he wants to take him down, he can take him down. I think if he wants to box him, he can box him. He's tough to hit. He's got a good chin. Um, I think his cardio, he's, he's faster and his cardio, I think will be better than Stipe's, even though Stipe looks great. The only way Stipe is going to win this fight, in my opinion, is if he knocks Daniel Cormier out. I don't think he's winning a decision. There's no way he's going to submit him. There's no way he's going to out-wrestle him. He's got to knock Cormier out. Whether that happens in the first round or later rounds, I don't know. All the whole time, all I've been on is Stipe. 
But up until this moment, maybe 10, 20, 30 minutes ago, I wrote down Daniel Cormier. I'm picking Daniel Cormier to win this fight. I think it's going to be, I think he's going to TKO Stipe. I think he's going to take him down, wear him out. Later in the rounds, maybe third round TKO. Devin, who you got? This is definitely the, it's, you know, usually the way that these main events have been set up recently, they've, there've been so many heavy favorites and, you know, it's these main events, you could pick them. It's not like the spaghetti bowl fight, but this is a spaghetti. This is the two greatest heavyweights ever possibly. And it's literally us, like you said, two pictures on a wall and you could just throw a fucking bowl of spaghetti at it. See, Cause you don't know who's going to win. Know. Like it's, this is, this is a really, really hard fight to pick. When they went into the last fight, I was like, oh, I mean, Stipe is going to fucking steamroll DC. Right. Um, that's what I thought. I, I just thought, you know, he's too big. He's too powerful. He's got too much power in his hands. But fucking Daniel Cormier proved me wrong. Um, I'm pretty sure DC weighed like 255 last time. Uh, yeah, I'm, he's a big boy. And I think Stipe weighed like 245. I don't know. I, both of these guys are obviously ready for a five-round war. Um, Stipe weighing 230 pounds is like, dude, you could cut down to light heavyweight because yeah. you're not cut. You're not cutting weight. You're he's, he's you're, lean. Like you could make two. If he's walking around at two thirty, he could make two oh five. Yeah. But DC's out down at two thirty six. He could make that. You're when you're walking around in the two thirties, like you're you know you're you're stone throws away from two oh five because a lot of these two oh five fighters walk around at around two twenty five two thirty. Um, Johnny Walker probably walks around 235, 240, maybe even. He's a big fucking dude. Maybe not as high as 240, but maybe he's a big fucking guy. So I don't know if there's like further implications for who wins this fight. Maybe if it's not a crazy war and is a fast finish, one of these guys is going to go down and try to get 205, the 205 belt from John. Because um, I just, as soon as I saw that weight, that's immediately what I thought. I was like, these guys are weighing 230, 236. Are, are, is there, are there further implications to this? Like, right. is there, I don't, I don't, it's, it's really confusing. Um, I don't think, I don't think there's ever been a heavyweight title fight besides Randy Couture with anybody weighing less than like 240. I really don't like, and I'm just, I'm just saying these numbers. Stipe, the top of my head. Stipe debuted in the UFC at 238. That's the lightest he had been up until this point now. So he was 238 when he debuted. Um, all his heavyweight fights, title fights, whatever, he was in the 240s. But yeah, Randy Couture, I believe, weighed in like 221 for Brock. It's crazy. Something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah. But th th it's just, it's really mind-boggling. And we're so, and if you think about it, you know, MMA has progressed so much. It's came leaps and bounds. These guys are fucking talented. Like, these guys are super talented. So for the heavyweights, the, you you know if you told a if you talk to this to a, a casual MMA fan you would the average person would think well fuck they can walk around at 270 280 and cut to 265 and fight fight heavyweight those aren't the guys that are those aren't the number one and two the number one and two are 230 pound men so it's it's just strange um it's just strange but I don't know who I'm gonna pick for this fight um seeing their weights this morning really just I think, I think DC being heavier in the 250s helps him carry more power, but less cardio. I think Stipe in the 230s will also have more cardio and less power. Um, I watched the Embedded. I was feeling Stipe 
up until probably four or five days ago. And I started watching all the embeddeds and all the destins. And I just think DC is so fucking smart. I don't think there's a smarter fighter than DC besides John Jones. And I think DC can just beat everybody besides John Jones. And I really think if they run that back for a third time, especially if it's at heavyweight, um, and DC weighs in around like that 250 range and just carries that power. I think he could fucking catch John Jones and beat him. Um, I believe Stipe could beat John Jones too. Um, I really do, especially the way he looked last fight. It, this is just so hard for me to pick. Um, that's why I'm going off on all this crazy shit. Um, I, I, this is such a hard fight for me to pick because it's not like DC was whooping up on Stipe and then knocked him out. It, Stipe was kind of big brothering him. Like you said, he was overextending on his punches and then allowing da- Daniel to get close. As Stipe was overextending, that was giving Daniel the opportunity to get close within his striking range because Daniel's only like 5'11". He's a small guy. But he, Daniel's just a, such a smart fighter. And I, I, think, I think you're right, man. I think he's just going to grind him, grind him, grind him, fight him in the clinch, use his dirty boxing, He's going to grind him, and I think that, you know, maybe third or fourth round, he'll TKO him or take his back and choke him. Um, yeah. Do you really, realistically, um, when DC fought Anthony Johnson, do you think that Stipe is a better striker than Anthony Johnson? I think he's more, he's a cleaner striker. Anthony Johnson, the thing that separated him from a lot of people was he was not the most technically gifted in the world. He's very herky-jerky. He had an awkward style. He would plant his legs and throw big punches. That's why he's so powerful. Um, I think Anthony Johnson probably hits harder, if I'm being honest with you. I think he, he hits harder than Stipe. I think Stipe has better boxing. Uh, you don't have to worry about much kicks with Stipe. Being this lighter, though, I mean, if you're if you're fighting Daniel Cormier, what's the one thing you want to do? You want to head kick him. Anthony Johnson landed a left head kick. John Jones landed one to finish the fight. You can kick this guy. Stipe doesn't throw a lot of kicks. But maybe being this lighter, maybe he's getting, maybe he's trying to lean out so he can throw some fucking whip some head kicks up there. Getting a little more dicks. There's a lot of interesting things for this fight. I mean, both these guys are so serious. I mean, Daniel Cormier said it best when he took that fight against Derek Lewis in November. Short notice, he had like a banged up wrist and a hurt back. He wouldn't have taken that fight if it was Stipe. So it's pretty obvious how serious he's taking Stipe and how Stipe's taking serious he's taking Daniel. Um, You know. I might change my mind tomorrow. I might go with my high guy tomorrow. I don't know. I think we're both torn. But is your official pick Daniel Cormier? Um, I, you know, I, and then I go back to, I think about, okay, Vulcan Uzdemir. How much, so as far as, besides size, is Vulcan a better striker than Stipe? No. I, I mean, no. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard for me to pick. As I'm breaking this down and I'm like analyzing it more and more. I really think DC is going to take this fight, man. And I might change my mind last minute because I have this, I had this weird gut feeling for Stipe, but now that shit's, you know, turned around. And I, I really think DC is going to take it, man. Um, I don't, I don't even have like any analytics for this. I have right. nothing. I just think, I just think DC is going to take it yeah. because, yeah. I just I'm, think I'm going. I, I pick a lot of my fights. I mean, I do what you do. I look at the records. The lines are, I, they're kind of there for me. But I really look at how they carry themselves. Both these guys are carrying themselves so good this week. Stipe's like happy, but then he's like also kind of like a little mad about DC saying he's crying. DC's trying to hype a fight, right? He's trying to sell a fight, which he doesn't need to sell a fight, right? Nate Diaz is selling this pay-per-view. Just go out there and fight. Um, I don't think there's bad blood, but there's such a competitiveness between them. DC's very confident and he looks great. And I've seen some of the uh, YouTube clips. I am the Bay on YouTube. Uh, he's with AK pretty much like every day. St- DC's looking good. His hands are looking fast. He's looking really good. He's looking fast. 
Stipe is looking fast as well. They have only shown Stipe hitting mitts. They haven't shown anything else. They haven't shown him. All they show is him hitting mitts with his boxing coach. They haven't showed one other thing. If you're weighing 230, there's something else you're doing, right? There's something else out there that you're, you're working on. Could it be kicks? Could it be maybe he might, you know, wrestle DC? Not a lot of people wrestle DC, right? Because he's so good. There's a lot of variables to this fight. It, Gus it, took him down. Yeah. Yeah. Gus took him down. John Jones obviously took him down. Stipe's not a bad wrestler, but he's not no. a Daniel Cormier wrestler. But just because you can take people down doesn't mean you have the greatest takedown defense. Like no one's can ever seen no one's ever seen anybody try to take down Khabib. Khabib might not have good takedown defense. He's just really good at his one thing. So there's a lot of variables to this fight that we're that 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 go into it that's really racking our brains. And I think if you're a handicapper or anybody that picks fights and you're confident in one way or the other, then I'm going to call you a liar because I don't know. I mean, unless you're team Stipe or team DC, you don't really know how this is going to go, but I think you and I are in the right thing. I think you both are, both are out of picking DC. I think he, you know, I just think he's more ready for this. I think, you know, Stipe has a chip on his shoulder and hopefully he doesn't fight emotional, but you know, Stipe has been dropped a few times in fights in the past and, and he got put out his last time. And, you know, I'm more, I mean, he's taking a year off, which I think is good for the brain, but you know, I think Danielle, uh, Danielle, Daniel is is quicker and, and and can land those shots. So I think I think we got this one right, Devin. I, I do. I hate to say it because Stipe is my Ohio guy, but this it's this is hard to pick. It's tough, and it's if it's like if John Jones never existed, DC would be the best in the world. If DC yeah. never existed, Stipe would be the best. Right. Um. And 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 you could say that you know you could remove one of them from the equation, and it would all you know. It's just this is so hard. Like this. This is the shit I live for, man. Like these are the fights that I live for. This is what makes me an MMA fan. Yeah. This is what sh- th- I mean. Like, and just like you said, if you're a handicapper and you pick fights, um, and you're confident with your pick, you're uh, you're a fucking liar. You're lying. You're lying. <laughs> and you're confident in this fight. This is the, this is what I love. I love picking fights where I don't know what's going to happen, and say I pick D. I pick DC. Obviously, I'm going to bet DC as well. Obviously, I want to be right. But I, if, if Stipe goes out there and flatlines him with a head kick in a minute, I'm not going to be upset. I'm going to be shocked because I didn't know what was going to fucking happen. That's the beauty about MMA. That's what I love about MMA. When you got two football teams playing um, or two basketball teams and the worst team in the league is playing the best team in the league, I mean, you, you know, you, 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 you kind of know what's going to happen, right? There's no surprises. It's when you get those – it's the playoff time where you're like, and this is MMA playoff. This is the best versus the best. Um, it's so interesting. All right, so – we're going to do locks of the night. Do you have a lock of the night you want to give me? We're going to do lock of the night. Could be underdog. Could be favorite. Could be anything. And then if you want to. So it add, could be favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can pick anybody you want. Okay. I was For some reason, I was under the impression that it was underdogs. No. Yeah. You um, can pick an underdog. You'll get more points. But if you want to pick a. If you're really confident in a dog, you can do that. But um, a favorite will get you an extra point, too. Um. So my lock of the night, it, it's. I'm going to play it safe because I picked so many damn underdogs already. Okay. Um, and if I get half of them right, I'll be up on points. I'm going to go with uh, Devontae Smith for my lock of the night. Devontae Smith, lock of the night. Okay. And uh, are you going to go with finish? You get an extra, um, is you get an extra point if you if you predict how it's going to end? you decision or finish? Um, I'm going to go with finish. finish? Second okay. round. All right, second round finish. All right, so you'll get – if Devontae Smith wins, you'll, you'll get a point, and if he – finishes you'll get another point so you get two points on top of that we both picked them so that's a good pick because you know it'll cancel out if he just wins um my lock of the night's gonna be i was gonna go Corey sanhagen because he's one of my guys but uh, i really i don't know if i love that fight i'm gonna go another one of my guys or future one of my guys sadiq yusuf i think he's gonna he's my lock of the night 
Um, and just I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, a finish as well. I'm gonna try to get the extra point. Benitez is tough. I don't know if Sadiq can finish him because he looked a little patient in the Morais fight. But yeah, I'm gonna go Sadiq Yusuf on that one. That's, that's it. Pick. That's 241, buddy. Devin, as always, I appreciate it. Um, I'm sure I'll be talking to you fight night. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I come out a winner on this one, buddy. God, me, man, I. You know, I'm I'm still stuck on steep ADC, man. It's crazy. It's <laughs> gonna break your brain the rest of the weekend. All right, buddy. It is. It is. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you, man. See ya. Have a good one. All right, that was Devin Tejada. Great guy. Been on the podcast numerous times. We just picked the shit out of UFC 241. Um, again, this is kind of last minute. I usually I usually have a, a thing put out and everything like that. I've been dealing with some stuff. We'll get into that next week and uh, and enjoy the fight Saturday. They're gonna be they're gonna be electric um and uh i can't wait so again at mma takes on twitter i'll be tweeting all saturday night and i will talk to you guys next week all right